Blog Talk Radio. show for you got a lot of great things to discuss and we're gonna always make it accessible for you here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk show for you to be a part of the conversation feel free to chime in at any point 516-418-5572 again it's 516-418-5572 we're never afraid of you here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk show we just want to hear from you so yeah definitely Really going to go into dive into a lot of things today. Back from the Thanksgiving break. But before we get started, let's go ahead and thank our wonderful sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Definitely want to thank Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce for being a wonderful sponsor. Feel free to pick up a four pack at flbbqsauce.com and it's fl bbqsauce.com get yourself a four pack let us know which which flavor you enjoy the most here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk show beginning song was by Sam Scola out of Maine really appreciate Sam Scola and his beautiful wife Mary this song is the Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce song play that song for you get you in the right mood we're going to come back and get the show started this Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce song is sang by Sam Scola Let's go. Comes in for variety, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. A natural flavor, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Chase. 
station on pork and sausage, a classic taste for chicken steak tips, a hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout treat, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables, Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce, Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce, Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce. G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, so delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Definitely go ahead and pick up a four-pack at flbbqsauce.com. Again, it's flbbqsauce.com. Or you can visit Chef G's at his location right here on site at 301 South 22nd Street. 301 South 22nd Street, right here in Tampa, Florida. Let me know we sent you. We're going to go ahead and bring on our wonderful caller. Let's do that right now to kick off the show. Hey, how you doing, Lou? Hey, I'm okay. A little under the weather, but I'm all right. Oh, wow. I'm definitely glad you called in, but I'm sorry that no, you... No, it's nothing, nothing severe. Nothing serious. It's just a little allergy. Yeah, I'm glad to hear from you. And definitely, yeah. um, besides being under the weather, definitely, how are things going in the sports world for you? If you're a Jet fan, you don't want to know. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you you called in. As always, I'm I'm very glad because I wanted to ask you about that. They're going to give Aaron Rodgers the green light to at least practice with the team. What do you, What do you think? Thoughts on that? Practice is one thing; playing is another. I mean, first first of all, the Jets are nowhere contention of of uh, making playoffs and. It'd be foolish for Rodgers um, to come in out at this point in the season, you know, because they're not. I don't think they're going to make it. No, I agree with that you. Way. I yeah. agree. I I completely agree. It's no sense you risking injury. The Jets, to me, yeah. like you said, are not really in contention. Yes, I don't think they're mathematically eliminated, but it would take a lot for them to make it. And I yeah. just think you're risking injury. I agree with you. I just think. You know, practice is one thing. You know, I definitely agree with you. Practice is one thing, but playing on the field is another. So I'm okay with him practicing, but I agree with you. I don't think they should be rushing to play him at all. No, not at all. Especially at his age. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if you were winning games and you were, you know, a lot better, I wouldn't even throw you in just yet, but I would maybe at least. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're towards the end of the year. I just think it's too much too soon. So, yes. you would shut it down if you were him. I would, yes. Yeah, I I, I agree. I just think it's just – I'm mean, glad you said that because it's just, it's just too much. Do you agree with the quarterback change, though, going with the other quarterbacks? You don't have anybody else, so we're stuck with it. I mean, because Wilson's yeah. not your guy either. 
Yeah, it's just amazing how the Jets season just got flipped up like this. Yeah. This, uh-huh. You know, team that's that's actually got very good defense and got some a lot of stars on there. Had an unfortunate yeah. injury and you would hope that Zach Wilson would have developed a bit quicker. I mean, I still think he's a pretty good quarterback, but I just think it's going to take him a lot more time than yeah. what the Jets would be willing to give him. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, so definitely. And I wanted to get your thoughts, too, on something else, too. You know, we're going to go ahead and with the football season now, it, do you feel as if it's the teams are at the top of the heap? You still think it's the teams that, in order for the people to win, it's going to be the Chiefs and the Eagles? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Yep. And definitely, I know that Thanks you got... Well, yeah. <laughs> and I, I definitely am sorry I couldn't call in last Saturday. I missed you. I apologize about that. Right, we were out. Right we, were not, we were not on anyway. We we were we took the week off. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Thanksgiving week. We were off. I know you're you're gonna probably try to give it a go, even though you're not feeling well. Is that is that what's gonna happen tomorrow? You're gonna go for it? I'm gonna go for it. All right. My man is not gonna sit down on the bench. He's gonna get in the game, folks. I did get show in the during, game. I during COVID. I don't have COVID. So if I can get if I can get through with that, I can get through with this. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm praying you get I better. Drink a lot of fluids, and I definitely yeah. hope you get I better was, real I soon. A lot worse than I was a lot worse than when I had COVID, but I still do the show anyway. Even COVID can't stop Lou from doing the show, folks. You got to make sure Not you appreciate that, and you got to make sure you support him. And in fact, since the show is going to go on, what do you got cooking for tomorrow? Championship weekend, of course. Uh, the uh, last of the uh, football playoff um, pretty, um, playoff uh, ranking rankings. The um, NFL, the um, in-season in season NBA tournament. I got kind of mixed reactions on that one. So uh, you know, I'll let you guys be the judge of that. NHL as well. Uh, we'll do our best and worst of November since we didn't do it last last week. Uh, we got trivia. We got our um, feel good story of the week, and of course this week in sports history. So remember, it's five one two five four three four six six two. I repeat five one two five four three four six six two from four to six tomorrow. That's right, folks. Five one two five four three four six six two. Five one two five four three four six six two from four to six p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone tomorrow, and you catch them on YouTube as well. Just type yeah. in the Enhanced Sports Show, Enhanced Sports Show, between four and six p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. Make sure you call and support Lou because he's Go giving it all he first, got. Then dial that in. Say again. Go to YouTube first, then dial in the Enhanced Sports Show. Yep, YouTube first, folks. So you'll That's be able right. to see Lou and hear him all at the same time. Your own risk. <laughs> well, definitely I pray that you you get better. I don't want to take up too much of your strength there. Pray that you get better. Oh, I'm good. 
and I pray that uh, definitely that Diane is doing well too. Yes, and I better get off before I I better go off before she gets on. So in that case, okay. Right. So definitely, Lou. It's always great to hear from you. Definitely, best wishes to you getting better, and I'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. You're welcome. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate you. Yeah, that's our great contributor, Lou. Always a pleasure to hear from him. Definitely feel bad that he's not feeling this 100%, but it definitely appreciate him even more because he even takes time to reach out when he's not feeling well. That's a great man there. So definitely appreciate Lou. In fact, we're going to give him a round of applause to Lou. Man doesn't... You don't let that stop him. COVID, nothing. You heard it yourself, folks. But, yeah, I I definitely do think, you know, the sentiment, what he said, that Aaron Rodgers should not play this season. He practice, work out, do all that good stuff, rehab. But, yeah, they're not close and no sense risking injury or getting worse. Having said that, what should the Bucks do at this point? And that's, um, I hate to say I told you so. <laughs> But I told you so. I I did not think the Bucks were going to win against you know the win their last game. I really didn't think it was going to happen. And lo and behold, it didn't happen. You know, I just feel as if you know them playing the Colts. I felt as if it was it was a fifty fifty type situation. But it became apparent to me while that game was going on that the Bucs were going to lose this game. And I even said that it wouldn't surprise me if the Bucs did lose a game. You know, it's like, because I am a Bucs fan, I like you kind of hold out hope. But during the game, I could just kind of just tell the way it was going to, it was going to unfold. The way it looked to me was that we've seen this story before. The Bucs were going to have to play really, really good down at the end of the stretch, not turn the ball over, make some plays, make a, a game-winning drive, and I just felt like the way the Bucks are, something is going to break. Either somebody's going to drop the ball, there's going to be a fumble or interception. The Bucks are not there at that point where they can actually do a two-point, a two-minute drive, which you should be able to do a two-minute drive and get your field, your your team in scoring position. You have two minutes to go, more than two minutes, two-minute warning, or your timeouts. That's plenty of time to do a great hurry-up type offense, get down the field, and score. But just like I told my son, somebody's going to probably throw a pick or fumble, and that's exactly what happened. And it didn't surprise me at all. And that was the end of the game. Think that the Bucks are what they are. You know, they're not going to beat the best, the better teams in the league, teams that are strong, that have a winning record. If you have a maybe a a 50-50 record and below, yeah, I think the Bucks have a on a very good day they have a shot to beat you. But if you have a 50-50 record or even a losing record and you step up that day, I think you have the advantage over the Bucks. Some of the biggest problems the Bucks have is they have poor, very poor pass defense. Let me explain that. The Bucks 
this year do not drive they, they don't rush the passer as well as they used to the year before right so they don't have a great pass rush so now the quarterback in most cases has a chance to throw the ball when you throw the ball against their corners the defensive backs guess what most of the time it's going to be a completed pass because number one they don't have any Deion Sanders back there so you don't have to worry about them picking it off unless, of course, it's tipped or something. And as far as them knocking it down, even doing that, that's non-existent. So what you're left with is, is your receiver going to catch the ball? And if he catches the ball, it's a completed pass. Our corners or defensive back will probably make the tackle, but you're going to be able to drive right down the field all day, every day. The pass defense is not good. That's number one. I think the Bucks are way too conservative with their play calling. Basic plays, way too conservative. Everybody knows what's coming, and that's you're just too predictable. You know, it's not dynamic offense, nothing like that. So, the good that the Bucks do have is they do have very good run defense. Also. You know, they're not as good as they were the year before, I would say, with their pass rush, but they are better than most teams with their pass rush collectively. I do think they blitz way too much. You know what I'm saying? The point of a blitz is that you want to catch your opponent off guard. They thinking that you're going to drop back and pass, but all of a sudden, boom, you catch them off guard. You go ahead and blitz them. A blitz is very effective when it's done and you catch your opponent off guard. If you're running blitzes down after down after down, or you're doing it 70, 80% of the time, it's not a surprise anymore. So they know it's expected. So what do you do to counteract that? You do a screen, you do a little quick pass, you get rid of the ball faster. You know what I'm saying? You run the ball, do a draw. There's ways to get around that because you know what's coming. So they haven't learned their lesson that you blitz too much and that's unfortunate, you know, with the bucks. Another thing that's kind of a weak part with the bucks, which is kind of surprising and disappointing is, you know, quite frankly, Mike Evans, he's dropping too many balls. He's dropping too many balls. I mean, you wanted a contract extension from the bucks and I know you got your feelings hurt. You didn't get it, but it's showing in your play, meaning what you're thinking and feeling is translating to your play. A lot of the balls that Mike Evans is dropping should not be dropped. And yes, he's made some nice catches here, not taking that away, but he's dropped too many balls. Let me just keep it real with you. He's just dropping too many balls. Okay. Easy touchdown passes is just mental lapses. And I think when you are unhappy and you kind of disgruntled with your employer, you think that you could just switch it when you're on play or you're kind of like on the clock during the action of work. But the reality is in the back of your mind and psychologically, it's not on and off. It's in your mind and you kind of act accordingly. Like, I don't think he's purposely dropping balls, but I think the fact that he didn't get an extension, he's hurt and he feels like they abandoned him. It's in his mind and it's in his mind instead of just doing everything possible to catch a ball that factor is still in the back of his head, and that's 
why are you dropping these balls more than anything? So football is not just physical. It's, it's mental too. And that's the unfortunate thing is that, you know, the Bucks are a team that has to maximize every single opportunity. When you're a very, very good team, you can miss an opportunity or two and still actually win the game. When you're a team like the Bucks, where you're running paper thin, one or two opportunities pretty much is the game. That's a wrap. And I wish the best for, for Mike Evans in his future career, but I just think that the way he's been performing, yeah, I think they could actually get a draft pick or trade and, and get somebody just as good, if not better, because, yeah, I, I just think that he's been dropping too many passes. And when you're a receiver, you you got to catch the ball. That's just the bottom line. Ask Randy Moss. Don't let the ball hit the ground. Very simple concept. So we're going to go ahead and switch gears into more NFL news, and that's the Tyreek Hill and his, me- his media connection, his media friend. For those who don't know, Tyreek Hill on week, I believe, six, went ahead and scored a touchdown. He looked in the corner of the end zone, spotted his friend who used to kind of film Tyreek, so they have history. He grabbed his phone, did a backflip, gave the phone to back to him. The gentleman was all excited, jumping up and down. And then I, from what I understand was that later he posted that on TikTok or what have you. Make a long story short, the NFL suspended his media credentials for the rest of the season. It's undetermined if that's going to be permanent, meaning he's not going to get it back. But what the league has done is basically revoked his media credentials. And now him filming on the field is out, at least for now, unless the media, of course, unless because of the backlash and the bad publicity, the NFL changed his mind which I wouldn't be surprised if they did because the NFL to me is like playing too much politics. And what I mean by they're playing too much politics, they go on by public opinion. What is the social media saying about this? What is social media saying about this? Oh, they don't like it. All right. All right. We're going to rescind it. You understand? Instead of having a concrete, this is what it is. This is what it is. And going forward with that, everything, all decisions are made through media media, social media, and or public opinion. So if they rescind it, I wouldn't be surprised. But here's my take on this. The NFL is a corporate America business, and this is what corporate America does. They do shady stuff. It's unfortunate that the public had to see this, but guess what? Not only did they suspend him, guess what the NFL did? They used the man's, they used the man's content. They used his content and said, you know what, because you celebrated, you posted it up, you were basically too, quote unquote, happy about it, we're going to suspend you. And you cannot be on the field anymore. Tyreek Hill went ahead and said he's going to pay the rest of his salary. Now, let's prosper Tyreek Hill for doing that. However, I'm going to play and tell you that I give Tyreek Hill props for taking care of my man, but I do think Tyreek Hill and his celebrations are starting to cause, how should we say, collateral damage to people that are around him and know him. What I mean by that is, hear me out, 
when he scored a touchdown and he tried to give the football to his mother in the corner, the gentleman there intercepted it, you know, got in between. And then guess what? That was bad PR. He ended up meeting the gentleman and gave him a signed football and he made it right. But again, because you're giving footballs to your mom and your celebration, it caused an issue. That's just the bottom line. You know, your wife got some some things splattered on her, nachos. And then when you went in the stand to give a football just the other time, when last week, last time you scored a touchdown, I clearly saw that the guys that were standing next to your wife wanted just a high five. You didn't give them nothing, but you gave your wife the football. Now you go ahead and grab the guy's phone, do the backflip, and he caught, and basically he suspended a, and it could be up to including termination. We don't know if it's termination yet because it's to be determined if he's going to get it back. Well, these celebrations are starting to cause issues. Just keep that in mind. So back to this situation is, you know, it didn't surprise me. Corporate America is all about one thing, money, dollars, and clout. So the fact that they use his, his, his content didn't surprise me. The fact that he got suspended didn't surprise me. The fact that the league might rescind it because of social media and public opinion won't surprise me either. So this is unfortunate. You know, I feel bad for him because, and this is one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but a lot of times when you, like myself, cover the media, organizations want you to be like, they want to treat you like a monopoly. Okay, you're, you work the media, great. I want you to cover me exclusively. If you don't cover me exclusively, then guess what? You can't cover me at all. A lot of times teams will do that. Now, the issue with that is just like what happened with this young man. When you strip someone's media credentials for whatever reason, guess what? Now you're kind of like out in the cold because you done, you have no place to go back to. That's one of the downfalls of being connected to just one organization or one team is that if you don't agree with their decision, at the end of the day, it's their decision. And once that decision is made, you don't have a say in the matter and you're out in the cold. So it's unfortunate that this led to what it is, but it the the <laughs> the learning lesson I find that in this situation is sometimes be cautious of who you actually sometimes when you're too cool with someone, that can also be an issue too. And because if if he didn't know him, he probably wouldn't have done this stunt, but the fact that he knew him, it did it and it backfired. And you know, the other part of it is sometimes when you're celebrating and you, sometimes people get angry when you celebrate and they, they hate on you. So this has to be something that I feel as if you need to look at and say, maybe from Tyreek's standpoint, maybe I need to tone down my celebrations a notch or two just so that there is no issues anymore and go from there. And from this gentleman, it's unfortunate, but sometimes when you're having too much fun in life, people hate on you. 
I've seen it before and I've been a part of it before. So I'm, I feel bad that they learned this lesson this way, but it is true. And the other lesson is corporate America. There is a real thing as corporate greed. And, and you also will see the cold side of corporate America too through this. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and talk about the predictions. And then I'm going to get into another deep topic in just a bit, but we're going to go through the predictions of this week, week 13 of the NFL. Can't believe that it's already week 13. The season is going by fast. Let's go through this. We have the Seahawks and the Cowboys. The Cowboys did win. I did predict the Cowboys to win this game. The only thing I did not predict that was a surprise to me was how high scoring this game was. This is a very high scoring game. I really felt as if the buff uh, the Dallas was going to do a bit better defensively and keep this game a lot, you know, not as high scoring. I figured each team was going to be in the twenties and end up ending up being 41 to 35. So it was actually a lot of scoring on both sides, but the Cowboys did win. I did predict that. We have the Colts versus Titans. This is going to be a very interesting game. But at the end of the day, I do have the Colts winning. We have the Falcons and the Jets. I do have the Falcons winning this game as well. We have the Lions versus Saints. Lions actually have a very good team. I have the Lions beating the Saints. We have the Broncos and the Texans. The the Broncos have actually been playing really, really well. Got to give Russell Wilson his credit. You know, I know the defense is big there at the Broncos, but Russell has been, you know, being a very good game manager. He's staying within himself, and he's making the plays when needed. Can't knock the hustle. He's doing his thing. So I think the Broncos are going to continue their win streak and win again against the Texans. Chargers and the Patriots. I got the Chargers winning that game. We have the Cardinals versus Steelers. It should be a very competitive game, but I do have the Cardinals winning. Dolphins and the Commanders. I have Tyreek Hill's team winning. And again, take those celebrations down a notch. That's my suggestion. We have the Dolphins beating the Commanders, Panthers, and the Bucks. Normally in the game like this, I hate to say it, I would have picked the Panthers, but being that they just got a new coach, there's a little bit of chaos going on in there with the Panthers. The Bucks do have a very good run defense, but I do think the Bucks are going to be able to pull this one out and beat the Panthers. And then we have the Rams versus the Browns. This is going to be a very good game too, but I do think the Rams are going to beat the Browns. They just have a little bit too much offense for them. Bengals and the Jaguars. I have the Jaguars winning. We have the Chiefs against the Packers. I have the Chiefs winning. And the biggest game I think of the week is the 49ers versus the Eagles. That is going to be a great, great game. I do think, though, as great as the 49ers are, and this is going to be a preview of what's going to happen in later on the season as far as playoff or, the, or later in the deep deep playoff game or even the Super Bowl. I, I just think um, – well, I'm sorry. This, this is not – I wouldn't say a Super Bowl preview because they're in two different divisions. They're in the same division, but I think I could see this being a conference game. I have the Eagles beating the 49ers. I just think that Jalen is going to be the difference, and I just think he's a step above Brock Purdy. 
And because of that reason, I think the Eagles are going to be able to beat the 49ers. So those are the predictions for week 13. And now we're going to go ahead and talk about something that was really big this week, really big. And that is the XFL and the USFL merger announcement. And that reason why this is a big deal is that it's not that it's been a, it's a big deal as far as the announcement. It's the fact that after months, not even weeks, months, it's been about two months now, Danny Garcia confirmed that the USFL-XFL merger has passed the biggest hurdle and has been approved by the government sanctioning body. So this merger basically is going to go through. There's just a couple of little details I got to hammer out. But basically, it is, a, as far as I'm concerned, a done deal, you know, with just a couple little dots of the I's and crossing the T's, but it's pretty much summed up. Another thing that came out that was came to, to light is the merger is going to happen this year, and the season is going to start March 30th. Those are the facts. Deal is pretty much a wrap. The merger is going to go through it's not officially gone through but it's pretty much a done deal as far as i'm concerned and on top of that the season's going to start march 30th so those are the facts and again danny hasn't posted anything about the xfl usfl for months so this is coming from danny garcia and then later on russell brandon ceo of the xfl said basically the same thing in his statement so after that happened, my phone started getting blown up, season ticket holders, fans, players, and it got so bad. Just to give you the facts of what happened, it got so bad that I knew that my contact connection in the Guardians was not probably going to answer the question, but it got so bad, I said, okay, I will call and ask. I did call and ask, and... Just like I expected, they said no, but they're not at liberty to let me know officially, and they will not let me know. And basically, the message got back to me was when they do, when they are at the point where they can officially let me know, I will be notified immediately. So at least it was relieving that at least they told me the answer that I thought I was going to hear. And they gave me the answer that I predicted to hear. But at least sometimes in life, from somebody who's been through the process and been through sales for many, 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 many decades, I will tell you, sometimes you could tell a customer, no, 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 a thousand times, but they just want to see you make the effort of asking the supervisor. Even if you know the supervisor is going to say no, even if you know them like the back of your hand, just the fact of you asking the supervisor and coming back and telling them, yeah, he said no, makes the person feel a lot better. And kind of this was the same situation. That's why I kind of asked. And I got the answer that we already pretty much knew I was going to get. Having said that, there is a lot to unpack. Let me go ahead and go through that with you. There is a lot to unpack. Okay. I'm going to first and foremost repeat what I said before. I felt and still feel as if the XFL had a far superior product 
within the USFL. No disrespect to the USFL. It's just I feel as if the XFL was doing great. Not only that, I'm not going to get into, you know, they had this, they're the person that had that, but that's just from a person who covered the league, that's my analysis. I still feel as if they should have not done this merger. Both the XFL and the USFL should have done at least another year by themselves and see how the year went. Okay? You came back out of nowhere. You kind of got your feet wet. You built up a fan base. Here comes year two. Let's see how it goes. That was my perspective from both leagues because you just came back. That wasn't the case. They decided to go ahead and join forces at the end of the year, even though they all said they were going to go ahead and give it another run the next year. So they decided to do this merger, and here's where we are. I felt as if this merger, uh, you know, I'm just going to be real, has been done very unprofessionally. I'm not going to lie. Why I say that is because no one knows any details. You know, there's a lot of rumors into Indus. People are getting upset because they're thinking that their rumor's right. The other person's rumor's right. Some people think the XFL is right and better. Some people think the USFL is better. It's just been a bunch of back and forth, back and forth. And then on top of all of that, it's like, hey, I like the rules of the XFL. Hey, I like the rules of USFL. Hey, I want my team to stay. If you're going to get rid of teams, you should get rid of this team or that team, not my team. You know, it's been chaos. And then you don't know everybody's, you know, an expert. No one really knows what's going on. But I am a guy who loves facts. The fact that the matter is the merge is going to go through and the season is going to start March 30th. Let me talk about those two facts first and foremost. The fact that the season starting March 30th, I think, in my opinion, is not the best thing for both the XFL and the USFL. And the reason why I say that is because you're starting around March Madness. You're starting also in a time where baseball now is full and flecked. I love the fact that the XFL started pretty much right after the Super Bowl, which means that if you're a big-time football fan, you get a low right after the Super Bowl, you could easily move into the XFL. Now you have a gap of basically almost, let's see, the the Super Bowls, right in the beginning of February, you have a gap for almost two months. And in between that gap, you have baseball, not just spring training, you have baseball in effect. You know, basically you have March 30th, April, you have March Madness, you have a lot of other things going on. And then the weather is going to play a factor too. So the timing already doesn't look good. Already spoken to a bunch of fans who are very frustrated and said, if my team is gone, I'm out. What has also been reported now, it's not confirmed yet, but it has been coming out that initially when this came out, I heard from a very, very good source before This announcement about two months, about a month ago, not two months ago, about a month ago, that the league was going to combine and go from eight teams on each side to basically join force and become 10 teams. 
So it's going to be five from the XFL, five from the USFL. It's been reported, and and I'd have to say, you know, from a lot of places, basically the same thing, that it's going to be an 18 league, four from the XFL, four from the USFL, which is actually even worse than what people thought originally, which was five and five. When I came out and, and announced that news at five and five, people was like, they were kind of mad at me because they thought it was going to be like all U- USFL teams and maybe four teams from the you know, 12 team, basically eight, all of USFL and only four from the XFL. That didn't end up being the case. What is being reported is going to be 18, an 18 league. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I will say this much that a lot of people have been asking my opinion about the Guardians. That's the team that I cover. That's the team that, of course, I don't want to leave. Let me just make this clear. It has been an absolute joy covering the Guardians. Yes, I know the team only won one game. Yes, I do think there's room for improvement with the Guardians. But from my vantage point, it has been an absolute pleasure and an honor. You know, I've had fans say, hey, you know, I'll get to what fans said, but I will just say right there that it has been magnificent covering the XFL and the Orlando Guardians. Having said that, though, I would be lying to you if I didn't feel as if the Guardians, in my opinion, I don't feel confident they're going to survive this merger. I'm just going to be real with you. I Again, I do not feel confident the Guardians will survive this merger. And I will let you know why. It came to light to me because of, of a diehard fan, the day of the merger yesterday when the announcement came out, something actually, it was like an aha moment. Something triggered and then it came to light and I was like, oh man, I, I don't know why I missed that detail. But that was the missing piece of the puzzle. It's making sense now. I don't think the Guardians, in my opinion, are going to return. And let me tell you why. Okay, I went ahead and explained to you how I asked a a good connection if they're going to come back. And they basically said, no, we cannot tell you. They didn't say, no, they're not going to come back. They just said, you know, basically the statement is all they could say that happened today. I'm sorry, but I cannot give you that information. What I'm available to or authorized to, I will that didn't sound like basically too good. Like, you know what I mean? Number one and number two, the couple of saving graces that, that the guardians did have was number one, they had a great relationship with camping world stadium and they had a really nice stadium, which is a great positive. The other big underlying factor is that Danny Garcia lives in Orlando well, be as it may, that when I was talking to a diehard fan, I said, well, yeah, she, you know, she owns a home in Orlando, but she's also building a home in Virginia. And then I actually thought about that. I was like, I actually liked her post about that. Now, she didn't post up a lot about that, but it dawned on me like, oh, she's probably moving to Virginia. Like, and then... One of the four teams that are rumored to stick around with the XFL is the D.C. Defenders. So now it's like, okay, she moves to Virginia. For those who don't know, Virginia is right 
next to the DMV is what they call, you know, where you can go ahead to D.C., Maryland, or Virginia. The D.C. defenders are right there. It's just a drive for her. So now that connection of her having a home in Orlando, she might still have that home, but A, she could sell it or rent it out. She has a basically a big mansion, a.k.a library, what do you even call it, that's being built in Virginia, so she's definitely going to live in that home. Well, where does that leave the Guardians? It doesn't leave them in a very good spot. Okay? And sometimes the things that people don't say reveal more than what they do say. I just feel as if it's it, it, it's, I'm telling you right now, I'm not confident the Guardians are going to survive this merger. I, I actually thought the Houston Roughnecks were basically on a chopping block I feel as if the Guardians are more on the top of the block right now because another thing is this. It's not a secret. The Guardians didn't draw well. You know, the Guardians just did not draw well. And from a person who did everything in his power to advertise the league, promote the league, all in the groups, all, I mean, like Suge Nick said, all in the video, all on the record. Dancing, coming to the XFL. You know what I mean? That's what was basically me. You know what I mean? I did that for the Guardians. And you know the flip side of that is, people just didn't want to, didn't didn't care. Maybe yeah, maybe two or three or five percent cared, but the overwhelming majority didn't care. The reason why I say this is because if if people now they find excuses and they get mad. One person said, hey, they if they had a better coach, they wouldn't be leaving. Well, if the Guardians do make the decision to officially leave, yes, I'm going to be devastated and upset. Business standpoint, yeah, I could kind of understand it. I mean, you know, if you're merging, you can't keep all your teams. They're not going to keep theirs. Usually going to cut the teams that are not been performing well. And the Alarno Guardians are in that basket. This is the reason why. When you have a team, you got to support. When I mean support, folks, I mean liking what they post on social media, which doesn't cost you anything. Sharing their com, you know, commenting, sharing it, which doesn't cost you anything but time. Sometimes it doesn't even cost you time. Really, just like it or comment and share. You got to buy the merchandise. You got to show up to the games. You got to tell your friends about how you had such fun at the game. Then may post up your excitement about. You being at the game and after and repeat the process. If you don't support, business is closed down. It's not fun losing millions and millions of dollars. I don't care who you are. And on top of that, I've had some great restaurants that I've actually supported hardcore. And some of those great restaurants end up closing up shop or, you know, closing their doors, whatever you want to call it. And it's not because I didn't support them, but the majority did not support them or didn't support them enough. And that's usually what happens in the case. I might love coming there once a week or twice a week, but I can't be the only one that's going to keep their doors open or being the the only five or 10%. Businesses will close up. I I was telling you about how corporate America is all about the dollars. Nobody likes losing money. So from a business standpoint, yeah, 
I, I can understand if the Guardians aren't going to be around. I hope they are. I hope they still give them a chance or at least return. But from a personal standpoint, yeah, I'm going to be very disappointed just like a, a diehard fan is. You know? So nothing is official yet, but I am not confident. I will let you know that's where I am. You know what I'm saying? And I I would have to do some adjustments too. But yeah, I you know, I mean, meeting a lot of the players, meeting a lot of the fans, it's been an absolute pleasure. And yes, I was geared up for year two until <laughs> I was looking for year two after that championship game. I said, man, I can't wait till next year we run this back. Well, things kind of got <laughs> flipped up to say the least. Merger. There's a potential ain't gonna be no guardians. And one of my good friends who covers the, you know, the Houston Roughnecks. Now they're in the lead. It's like, hey, hey, your team, we I was on this show saying, Hey, what are you gonna feel like the Roughnecks if they don't come back? Now it's like we're doing a role reversal. Now we're on the back burner. He's he's went ahead and it's crazy, but yeah, we're both pretty much not too confident. And I mean, I, I'll i let him say it on his part, but I'm going to say that I am not confident at all. I, I, I'm not confident. And when your instinct is telling you that, that's not a good thing as far as... But having said that, the announcement of whether it's going to be yes or no, I feel is going to come soon within the next couple of weeks, I'd rather they just tell me sooner than later. You know, sometimes when you hearing bad news, I'm the type of person, just tell me in a nice way, but just get it over with. Just tell me, let's get this over with. And that's the, that my mindset at this point. Like, okay, you've been beating around a bush now for a couple of months. Just tell me yes or no. At this point, are we going to have a Guardians team come March 30th or not? And if we're not going to have the Guardians team, what teams are officially going to be part of the XFL and the USFL? Okay. And we'll go from there. But again, it's been, it was that, if it's just that year, you know, one thing about me is I'm a very appreciative and grateful person. The experience of covering a team, the Guardians throughout the year, and then they let me cover the championship game. And now more than anything, I am so grateful that I went to that championship game in San Antonio because it it is not going to be the same if I go back to the championship game the following year because it's going to be a whole different dynamic, whole basically different league. You can almost call it a whole different league when they merge. Different experience. It was a one and done. All the memorabilia that you purchase out there, it's not a waste. Those are collector's items now, folks, you know. Those are collector's items. But I will give a round of applause to everybody that's connected with the Guardians. If it is what it is, it has been a fantastic ride. And it is something that I will never, ever forget. So props to anybody connected to the Guardians. Whether we make it or not, it's been a great ride.
It sure has been. So what we're going to do is going to play a song here by Sam Scola. It is going to be the sports theme song by Sam Scola. And yes, if you need a songwriter and you want a go-to songwriter, the man loves to write songs. He does. Reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. I will connect you to Sam Scola in Maine. We will make things happen. Sign up to that contract. Him, Sam Scola, his beautiful wife, Mary, and myself, Alan, would be graciously appreciated of that opportunity. Let me know. In the meantime, we're going to take a little break, play the sports theme song by Sam Scola. I'm going to be right back with a lot more to talk about Colorado Buffaloes. I'll give you my thoughts on Coach Prime in year one. Tiger Woods competes in the Hero World Challenge. I'm going to let you know about that. And I will update you on all things boxing and much, much more. Definitely, if you want to join the show, it's not too late. Phone number is 516-418-5572. 516-418-5572. Sports theme song by Sam Scola. We're going to play that, and I'll be right back. song thank you so much really appreciate it definitely where the show must go on and we're going to go ahead and talk about the Colorado Buffaloes and Coach Prime officially comes to an end with season one and I'm going to share you my thoughts on on Coach Prime and his season one you know overall he got the Sportsman of the Year award Sports Illustrated, but overall, I'd have to say it was a tremendous success. I mean, success is really something that people look at it different ways. And most people look at it, well, you didn't win, you know, a bowl game. You didn't win over nine games or what have you. It was a failure. I don't look at things like that. Let's look at the facts. The Colorado Buffaloes, before Coach Prime came here, 
nobody really cared. And that's an understatement. Really telling part of the Colorado Buffaloes, really as bad as their record was, check this out. The first meeting Coach Prime had of him and the team, his social media team came in with the cameras and they videotaped it and showed it. And I could tell you the culture in that Colorado Buffalo room was horrible. It was horrible. It was atrocious. It was very clear and obvious and evident to me, somebody who's, you know, in the ballpark of Coach Prime's age, that <laughs> this team had poor worth ethic, poor culture. Okay with being one and eleven. In fact, they were the culture was so bad. It was a shock to me that they won one game. It really was. They were quite contentious and quite okay with going 0-12 instead of 1-11. It was obviously clear to me by the way the team spoke, the players, their looks in their face. They were used to losing, and they wanted to be left alone and continue to lose when Coach Prime came in here. The overwhelming majority was that way. He changed the culture dramatically guys do not look at things the same way he like he said he brought his own luggage and he did they won one game coach prime won four not only that he brought the the you know colorado buffaloes on the map nobody cared about him to now everybody's tuning in they're in primetime tv stadium is sold out i mean He's bringing celebrities in there to, to, you know, to hang out there. And just, I mean, I'm not one for all of that hype sometimes, but a lot of times marketing and hype brings in dollars. And, you know, he he did his part on that. And on top of that, they won four games. Yes, it, it definitely looked as if they were going to win a lot more games than four, the way it started off 3-0. But four games – Versus one game is a lot better, and the main thing is he got rid of that bad culture. Now, if you did play for the Colorado Buffaloes this past season or playing for them next season, you have an opportunity to get a lot of a lot of media exposure. Travis Hunter, no one would have cared who he was, and he wouldn't have even been played for Colorado if Coach Prime wasn't there. So, to me, it was a, it was an overwhelming success. Is there room for improvement? Definitely there is. What Coach Prime is going to need is not only he's going to need better line, he's going to need some help, I would say, in the coaching department. He's going to have to have somebody who can advise him or help him with some of the coaching schemes, plays, and situation. That is a, a missing part. You can be a motivational speaker, which is great, but you also need to know techniques, drills, and also you need to know plays and situations. I think he needs a little bit of coaching in that regard. Time management too, you know, situational football. At what should I do during certain situations? He needs somebody who really knows the ins and outs to kind of guide him along. Like, hey, when this situation happens, what should I do or what should I not do? Like the kind of the – 
intertwined workings. Another thing he needs to help with is not just motivational speaking. You need to get somebody that knows the techniques of blocking to a T, the fundamentals to a T. Those are the things you're missing. And if he gets those things, I feel as if the sky's the limit. If he just gets people in there who just are more of him, just motivational speaking and not really kind of giving you the nuts and bolts of the techniques and the intertwined things, then I feel as if the season will probably be the same you'll get next year around the same. As long as he gets that, he, you know, the sky's the limit. He needs to know the techniques and those inner workings of the team. That I think I could clearly watch the games, especially the games that he was losing that were actually winnable games. Yeah, you made you were making some mistakes that was kind of glaring. That was, you know, most coaches who kind of know situational football, time management, they wouldn't have made those mistakes. And I know he, he owned up to them. But definitely the team could have won four more games, I felt, this year. Four more games. If not four, at least three out of four. So instead of, you know, a record of four and eight, they could have actually had, you know, a record of seven and five, something like that, or eight and four if they pulled up all four wins. But just saying if you won three of those four, it have been seven and five. So the future is bright for Colorado. We'll take it as year by year because we don't know what the future beholds. But I would say definitely a huge, huge success overall. And that's all it's about. So we're going to switch gears and now talk about Tiger Woods competed in the Hero World Challenge and, and first-time competitive golf. He did share some frustration with the PGA Tour, and that was not a surprise to me. You know, let's be real. When the PGA Tour signed with, you know, this another potential merger with the Saudi back league, Live Golf, this damages these type of moves, damage and hurt Tigers. You know, his legacy. You know, the man is only really he's only played on the PGA Tour. He's been very faithful to them. And this is another situation where corporate America steps in and does what it does due to money, greed, popularity, public opinion. This is what happens. So, yeah, because more players go to live golf, it doesn't bode well for the tour that he's on. That's just before it was nothing else other than PGA Tour. It was a one-stop shopping center. Now you have other options. Those other options, unfortunately, hurt the lust of what Tiger has done in his career on the PGA Tour. That's just the way it is. Unfortunately, there's no way I can say that, but that's what it does. Having said that, man, I'm not going to count Tiger Woods out that he can't win a tournament because, you know, we've seen that things can line up for him at the right moment, and he could pull off four fantastic days and steal a win even he called his last masters a steal he'll have to do that to get another win he'll have to have the stars and the moon line up four great days 
And I think it's going to be even worse this time around because he has more injuries from that Masters. The stars and the moons and, and the guys are going to have to line up and he'll steal a, another win. But outside of that, I just I, I just don't see it. I hate to say it. The man's body is, is not just breaking down. It's broke down. You know, it's kind of, <laughs> you know, I, I admire Tiger Woods. And let this be known, folks. I am not a Tiger Woods hater. I am actually the first person, the number one person to purchase and be a client at Pop Stroke Orlando. That is a fact. So anytime you go to Pop Stroke in Orlando, I am the numero uno customer to ever walk and open the doors there. And I have the pictures to prove it. That's how much I want to support Tiger Woods. But I just feel as if he reminds me of this. This is going on right now in my life. My lawnmower is a gas lawnmower. And I've had it for 12 years. And it's been great for 12 years. There's only been some, you know, not major repairs, but some. sometimes I had to take it through the last 10 years about two or three times to the shop, but nothing major. You know, we took care of it. But now it's 10 to 12 years later, and now it is, it looks great. It's, looks in, it's a great-looking lawnmower, but the repairs are starting to become more frequently. That's what it is. I have to take it to the shop more frequently. It's becoming unreliable. And, yes, I could actually work on it myself on a lot of different ways. But then you get to the point where, okay, I'm spending more time fixing this thing, diagnosing it, testing it, than I am enjoying it and cutting the grass with it, more importantly. So because of that issue, I have decided to go ahead and purchase another one. It is on its way. Yes, it is not gas-operated. It's going to be an electric lawnmower. The reason why I tell you this, because this is kind of how I feel with Tiger Woods about that lawnmower. Like, yeah, if I did go out there and spent the whole day or good part of the day going from the very front to the back, diagnosing everything, making sure everything's perfect, yes, it might run good for a day or two or maybe in a week or even a month. But guess what? I'm going to have to repeat this process again. And it's just to the point where it's time to move on, you know? It's just time to move on. Even if somebody could diagnose it quicker than I could and fix it, I'll sell it to you for a very good deal. Just, I'm just going to move on at this point. And I kind of feel a way, unfortunately, with Tiger Woods, with him winning another master or major tournament, it's just, or even winning a tournament is just too many things got to go his way in order for him to win. And he's got to get off to a great start. Not only does he have to get off to a great start, he's got to maintain that. And that's thing to do when you're walking around with a limp. You've got the ankle. You've got the knee. You've got the back. It's just too many issues going on for him to be the Tiger of old and actually pull off a tournament. The only way it's going to happen, not saying it wouldn't happen for him, is if things line up great for him in for four consecutive days. And I just, I just don't see it. You know what I mean? Even with the lawnmower, I had to make a, a kind of like a business decision. You have to, you know, like, hey, you don't have a crystal ball. You have to kind of figure out which way is the best. I kind of feel as if it's great to see him out there. But 
every time I see him out there now, it's like, oh man, you're gonna you're gonna withdraw because what's gonna hurt you? The ankle, the back, the knee, like, or you're gonna be disqualified because you're so far behind. It's like, what what adventure we're we gonna get into today? So, bless the man's heart. He's got nothing to feel bad about. You know, you hate for your your guys to go out like that, but I will say this much: he may he, he may never catch Jack. But to me, it is clear who the greatest golfer to ever play this game is. Whether you love him or loathe him, it is Tiger Edric Woods. He is the man and the goat of golf, whether you love him or hate him. Yeah, more than anything, it's got to be tough on him just to go through that emotionally, getting up going through that, then knowing that you could have beat any of these guys that's on the tour, but you just physically can't, and it's just hard to just deal with that frustration. Having said that, John Realm is finalizing a deal with his reported a mega deal with Live Golf. Should he take this offer? Yeah, he should take the offer. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, the figures that they're talking about giving this man in the realm of $600 million, I mean, yeah. You're not going to get that on tour unless you win a bunch of tournaments like Tiger. And not that John Rahm couldn't, but even if he did win 14, 15 majors, I still don't think he's going to get $600 million from the tour. Not that he can't get it from endorsement. The guy's guy's balling, man. You know what I mean? It's like this. You know, if you can be doing a job getting – let's say hypothetically <laughs> 50,000 per appearance and you're at the other place and you're only going to get 10 and at the other place you're getting 10 with a bunch of stipulations, a bunch of headaches, a bunch of, how should we say, nitpicking and micromanaging. You have to do deal all of that for 10,000 and it's only going to give you 50,000 and treat you like a king and you can wear shorts and you can do this, you can do that. You may not have the clout that you would get with that ten thousand, but hey, I don't know if I, I would take the, the deal with the six hundred K. And it's not and, and people say, Oh, you're making a deal with the with the you know, I'm not gonna use a D word. You know what I'm talking about. You're making a deal with listen. Bank of America is owned by backed by Saudi Arabia, and there's a lot of businesses that you are dealing with right now yourself personally that are backed by the Saudis. So don't let people fool you into saying that they're this and they're not. Saudis to me are outstanding people. They have a lot of class. They love nice and beautiful things. And I don't see any, you know, nobody's perfect. We're not either. If John Roberts offered somewhere in that neighborhood of $600 million, he should take that deal and not feel bad about it and sleep good at night, every single night, because that's just, that's just, yeah. And the PGA, PGA Tour is not perfect either, okay? They had issues, not just now, because of Live Golf, they had issues for some quite some time, okay? I won't get into all of that, but yeah, he should take the offer, and he shouldn't feel bad about it. You know, he's earned it. The guy's been balling out. I mean, playing some sensational golf. I mean, he's been putting the work in. 
and he's earned it. So to me, go get your money, man. Don't worry about what these other haters going to say. They don't talk junk about you anyway. So go ahead and take it. So we're going to talk about boxing now. I'm going to recap the Benavidez Andre Andrade fight. And man, it was a very entertaining fight. But it's just Benavidez, you know, he he did his thing. And I'd have to say he wasn't just a guy just slugging out there. He was being very good with his feints. He was very being smart. He was using his boxing. Yes, he's not, you know, the most skilled and technical boxer there is, but he was smart enough to get the job done. And he was smart enough to outbox someone in a way where he fooled him on his feints and he caught him with some big shots. When he caught Andrade with that first big right hook that dropped him, I knew the fight was pretty much over at that point. I mean, yes, he was, he came, he got back up and he was definitely doing his heart thing, you know, definitely put up a valued effort and I commend him for that. But it was very clear and obvious to me that he did not recover from that big shot and he was trying to fight his way out of it but it just wasn't meant to be. Benavidez just kept making it tough on him by eating some devastating right hooks and those uppercuts. Man, and, you know, he was right. He said that he was just not... I knew he was not going to want to just take keep taking those hits. And it didn't surprise me. It was a very good stoppage. You know, whether it was by Andrade or his corner... There was no way you was gonna be in that condition and come back and win the fight. I'm sorry. You know that's what a lot of boxers think that hey I'm all messed up, but if I could just hit him with that hail mary, I'm gonna win the fight. No, you weren't gonna win the fight. Benavidez can take a punch, and if you hit him with a very good punch, maybe you stumble him, but he wasn't gonna be knocked out, knocked out. You were gonna lose the fight. So why take all that punishment? To me, I'll say it again. When you're boxing and then you get to the point where you are mathematically pretty much eliminated and you're just taking punches, hoping for that big, you know, knockout blow that can happen. Is it impossible for it to happen? No, it's not. But it's highly unlikely to happen. And in that process of that highly unlikely and maybe there being a 5% chance in that 95% chance of waiting to get to that 5% chance you're taking an awful lot of punishment, which can end your career, seriously hurt you permanently. It's just not worth it. And or up to including, unfortunately, you know, passing away. It's just not worth it. It's just not. Just, you know, he did the right thing by the stoppage. It was a very good stoppage. It was very clear of where this fight was going. You had plenty of rounds left. You know, when one guy is just, fresh and just throwing punches and hitting you really good and you're throwing maybe one or two just to fend them off and they're throwing 10 or 12 big bombs yeah we all know where this is headed so when you are pretty much at that point your team should call the fight if they have any they look out for you I mean you can live to fight another day but at this day you lost so Benavidez was very very slick and he did a great job you know props to him I think Canelo should give him a fight. I mean, you know, he's Mexican versus Mexican. I don't want to do that. Come on, man. That, that's when you know you're getting too big for your britches. Okay? 
we've seen some Mexican versus Mexican wars. This is what it is. Brothers always trying to outdo brothers all day, every single day of the week. Just come to any neighborhood. Brothers always, they work even harder to do outdo another brother. So this is just go ahead and fight the man. It should be interesting to see. You know what I mean? It should be interesting to see. You know, it's in your head that you want to fight Mexican versus Mexican, but the reality is people want to see you fight them. And like I said, brothers, they'll fight another brother all day, every day. <laughs> they'll be more motivated. But, yeah, I think Benavidez deserved the right. Canelo, let's see if he gets that fight. I have a feeling Canelo's saying he don't want to fight it because of Mexican, but I think on a low key, he's just trying to duck the fight, to be honest with you. And not that I think he's scared of him, Benavidez, but I just think he knows that it could be a tough fight and it could be a fight that he could is a good potential he could lose. So in order to, you know, kind of get away from that, you kind of avoid the guy. And that's what I think he's doing. Like, I don't think Canelo's scared, but I just think he knows that this guy's a tough competitor. I could lose this fight and or win it, but also get a lot of damage while winning. So I think that's what it is. I, I think he's just trying to get an easy way to another win by fighting someone else. You know, I told you about one person giving you 10. I'm going to play the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. I'm going to do that for you right now. Okay, let's do that right now. The Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. Counting for variety, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, a natural flavor, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs, tasty fusion on pork and sausage, a classic Chicken steak tips, a hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout treat, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's. Florida barbecue sauce, Chef G's, Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's, Florida barbecue sauce, so delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Definitely check out Chef G's at 301 South 22nd Street, Tampa, Florida. Or you can visit Chef G's right there at flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. You can definitely check it out there, and it should be a great thing for you to do. Okay, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, check them out. And definitely want to thank Sam Scola. For definitely those great songs. I want to thank you guys 
for listening. I want to thank Lou for calling in. And want to thank you guys for definitely being a great supporter of the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. I'll be back here next Friday, 9.30 p.m. Same bad channel, same bad place and time. On behalf of the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show, thank you so much. We're going to play a, an end of the show song by Sam Scola. And hope you have a great night. Thank you again. Yeah.